Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest on the Wedding Dish Podcast, Sarah Alipin. I'm also the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And before we get started, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, it is quite a funny one. Um, It is a destination wedding in Jamaica, and you all are going to get a kick out of it. So definitely swing back and listen to that one. You won't want to miss it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. Today, we are dishing with someone who works with couples all over the world to help them create and share their vows with confidence and love. The human behind the vow whisperer, Tanya Pushkin, thank you so much for being on The Wedding Dish today. I am thrilled to be here, and I definitely want to hear this episode about destination weddings in Jamaica because I did one, and boy, do I have stories. But anyway, nice nice to be here. Love it. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited to find out a little bit more about your background and all the things vows. Absolutely. So so, um, what inspired you to become the vow whisperer? It's such a cool job. It's such a cool, maybe like a way of forging your own path in the wedding industry. And I just really love it. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what inspired you. So forging my own path. Absolutely. It's a very, part of what I do is very niche and no one else does it, but let me back up. So I started out as an actress. I went to Juilliard. I was, you know, Shakespearean trained, um, had a fantastic career for about 10 years then walked away from that. I still regret that. Um, And I joined the corporate world. I ran public relations and corporate philanthropy for different fashion and beauty brands. And then when I got remarried, my second wedding four and a half years ago, didn't know anything. I mean, had knew nothing about it, but I was planning my own wedding fine. It was covered by the New York Times and the writer was at the wedding. And afterwards, she came up to me and she said, Tanya, I have covered hundreds and hundreds of weddings for the New York Times, and I've never seen such a beautiful ceremony. And I thought, well, uh, what do I, I had no idea. So, I mean, yes, I put the ceremony together. My daughter married us, and we did our own vows without any knowledge or background or anything like that. And a week after the wedding, I was having lunch with one of the guests. And I said, you know, maybe I should just like leave everything behind and join the wedding industry and just, I don't know, do something with ceremonies and maybe vows. And he's the one who said, Tanya, you're the vow whisperer. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is like a genius name. It is. I know, right? So I went home and I got the URL and like a month later, I said goodbye to my great, glamorous, fabulous career in the beauty world and threw myself into this without a business plan, without a strategy, without anything, which is not something that I would encourage anyone to do. Kind of stupid, really. Um, But, you know, this crazy idea that I had and I just went with it. And 
there, there are different things that I do. The niche part of the business, the part that I am the only one doing is when I work with couples on their vows and very important to say that I work with them separately because I think that they should preserve the magic until the moment of in the ceremony. So I make them promise they do not discuss any of this together. What I do that is not what other people do, which is fine. I'm not a vow writer and there are vow writers out there. Not a lot, but there are some who interview you and then turn around a full set of vows and you're done. What I do is that I, I work with the couple's own words. So I don't put words into their mouths. I have them usually fill out a questionnaire or they'll do a Zoom session with me. I use their words to craft their vows. And I don't put myself in there because it's really them. It's their hearts speaking. I can't, I'm not inside them. I don't know what they're feeling. So they've answered all of these questions. You know, how did you know he or she was the one? Um, what was that first moment where you locked eyes and met for the first time? What do you see your future? All of these questions. And I use their answers to craft their vows to do beginning, middle, and end, a flow, a structure, and then we edit collaboratively. It's very important to know. I I don't walk away and do the all the work on my own. It's very much an editing collaboration. When we're finished, when we're when we finalize the vows, then the next part happens and that's the delivery. Because I think that you can write the most beautiful words in the world, but if you don't know how to say them, if, you, if you're like boring and you're just reading off of a page and there's no expression, nothing, it's, it's just going to fall flat. And so here, full circle, I come around and I, I'm coaching people on acting skills. It's what I was trained in, how to enunciate, how to you know, be as expressive as you can, as engaging as you can, how to mean what you say. Don't just read off the page, you know, and how to, you know, not mumble, how to project your voice, how to put a cadence in, all of that. We work on the delivery because it's very often, it's actually more important than the words you've written. It's how you're saying this. So that's the the crux of my business. I marry people all the time. I do it all over the world. So I officiate and there's nothing magical about that other than the beauty of marrying a couple that I've worked on their vows with, they're not getting married by a stranger. I have gotten to know them so well individually because of their vows, which is a very intensive process. It's very therapeutic in some ways. It's all encompassing. They have really exposed their vulnerabilities to me, their their most deepest, beautiful feelings for this person they're about to marry. So the beauty of it, if I marry those people, that it's really like their family by the time I show up at the wedding. I do a lot of what came out of the pandemic, which is every family member, best friend, whatever was marrying, you know, 
their nieces, their nephews, their whatever. And that's a big ask. When a couple says, you know, to Aunt Sarah or Uncle Johnny, would you officiate our wedding? That's a huge, huge ask. And if I get hired for this purpose, I will craft the ceremony just like I do as an officiant. I will craft the ceremony with the couple so this person does not have to start to Google, how do I write a ceremony? Because it's really overwhelming. Um, and then I will work on with this person on their story, on why they're standing up there. Hi, I'm, I'm Aunt Sarah, and I've known you know, uh, my, my niece, Sally, since she came out of the womb and I've watched her become this incredible woman and blossom into this. And she met Tom and got, you know, all of the, and so I work on the story with them. And then we go through the ceremony. We practice as if it's the real thing. And I coach them on all the logistics and you, Sarah, as a photographer, you totally get this that officiant needs to get out of your frame when you're doing that first kiss, right? Yes. Ideally yes. the rings too, but. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, the vows also, the vows, like they're the most intimate moment of the ceremony. They're exchanging vows. Get out of the way. Yeah. Don't be in that frame. So all those logistics, I coach that person with, and that's, that's a, very big part of my business as well. So there you go. I, as a photographer, love that. Um, and I so relate to everything that you were saying about working with couples because I always, you know, it's funny because I always say like I come out of the wedding having spent so much more time with them than they have spent with me. Um, and mm. you probably have this uh, a very similar experience because one, you're thinking about it a lot more. Right. Two, I'm building a timeline. And three, I'm editing for probably 40 hours after the wedding. Wow. With the whole culling, uploading, like that whole process. So I'm spending a lot of time with the couple that they don't even realize. I'm I mean, that's, that's a lot of time to be like have someone in your heart and thinking yes. about <laughs> wow. And you have that experience on the front side, which right. is so interesting. I mean, mine exists sm in a smaller bit on the front side <laughs> than yours. Still, I think a photographer has an extraordinary relationship with that couple. You know, it's something that it, it's one vendor category that I think is very special, the photographer and the couple, because it's about chemistry. And if you don't click with that couple, and it's the same with me in a way. I mean, I have to click with a couple for us to go so deeply into their emotional hearts. Yeah. I mean, from both sides too, because right. if you don't feel the connection with them, that will be evident in the entire process and vice versa. Right. Um, you know, that's why I'm driving four hours next weekend to a wedding. Wow. Incredible. I yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing in the wedding industry because we care so much more about our clients than I think than 
it's probably, um, then I think you probably realize as the couple getting married, we're thinking about you all the time. And you're at, on the, as you're going through their story, you're probably really thinking about the story and visualizing the story and really thinking about what that story will look like as they stand and say their vows to the people who know bits and pieces of this, but not the full story. Right, right, right. Exactly. And that's where your acting background also really comes in here because you understand not only speech and, you know, body movement and all the things, but also the crafting and telling of a story. Exactly. And I think the telling of a story when you officiate, it's something that, I mean, yeah, I was trained in this, you know, and the telling of the story, I'm usually complimented on, you know, how I do it. And it's just, it's just my acting training, I think. And let's face it, a, the ceremony, even the whole wedding, it's a production. It's, it is. It, it Let's, yeah, it's a production and it needs a director and a choreographer and all of that. And we're all bits of that puzzle to make these people have the most extraordinary day. Yeah. I yeah, you're right. It is. I mean, I my cup my couple for next weekend just sent me their timeline and they called it a run of show and I was like, There you oh. go. It's a run of show. Absolutely. It is. It yes. Is. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's such a good way of thinking of it too. You know, you're focused on lighting, you're focused on, you know, I mean, everything, the movement, yeah. the yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's interesting that Okay, so I had my website redone about, I don't know, eight months ago. And the people, the website builders and creators, designers, whatever they are, turn every, they took everything I was saying and actually turned it into a production kind of thing. So on my website, it talks about being a director and a choreographer and, a, you know, that it's all of a production. It is. And anyone who says it isn't, all right, but you know, one of my November couples is a stage manager, so oh, really? I'm gonna have to ask her how it feels at afterward if it how it felt. <laughs> oh wow, she's a theatrical stage manager. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm I'm curious from her point as the couple or as a member of the couple, what the overlap will be. Maybe I'll have to bring her on the wedding dish. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. She's yeah. stage managing her wedding. Yeah. How interesting. I hope she lets go the day of. I think she will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. She's, yeah, I we talked about it initially too, so. Okay. I love it. Okay, so um, what are some things that you encourage your couples to think about when they are writing vows? and when they are helping assist with the ceremony? When, so if they don't work with me, is that what you're saying? Oh no, when they work with you. Okay, well, it really starts with this questionnaire, but if, if they're not working with me, and this is just for couples who are doing this on their own, it's really about starting with a brain dump. It's, you know, it's very simple. It's, I'm standing here almost become, you know, I'm ready to become your wife or your husband. Why am I marrying you? So 
you know, you're, you're thinking about all these wonderful qualities about this person that, you know, so that's, that's a big one. Why am I marrying you? How have you made me a better person? What, how have I changed because of you? And what can I do to help you shape your growth and changes as we build our future together? And then it's, you know, what do I respect about you? How do I see you, you know, having evolved since I've known you, you've become X, Y, and Z, you're this, you're that. What do I see our future look like? And what can I promise? It's really simple. It's not that complicated. And the promises I have to sell, make sure you mean what you're about to promise. You can't say, I always joke about this. You can't say, I promise I will never go to bed angry. There's no way you can promise that. There's no way. You know, so you have to really think about truly meaning what you're promising. Now, in the ceremony, repeat that question again, Sarah. How do I assist? Um, let's see. What did I ask you? <laughs> um, because I, I riffed based on what you said. You inspired a different question okay. than I had in my script. Okay. Um, I think I asked you how to, how they should think about crafting the ceremony is the because you answered the first part. <laughs> okay. So I think that the crafting of the ceremony Sure, you could do the traditional, you know, everything that one does in a ceremony, but I'm very much about trying to find some something in their backgrounds, whether it's their ancestry, some cultural something, tradition, ritual. I always ask, what did your parents do at their wedding? What did your grandparents do at their wedding? Because if they've come, usually people have come from somewhere else, you know, what is it in your background that we can weave into making the ceremony a little bit more interesting? And I love finding things of, you know, sometimes I'm working on a wedding right now with a Scottish couple. I found all kinds of really cool Scottish traditions that we can throw in there. Why not? You know, so building the ceremony is very collaborative with a couple. I don't just go away and then hand in a ceremony and say, this is what I'm doing for you next Saturday. See you then. It's also, it's very collaborative. We really work together on building what their ceremony is going to entail. And then also very special readings and poems and, you know, all of that. It's about creating a ceremony that truly reflects who this couple is as individuals and as a couple. What, because the goal is, and whether I'm officiating or not officiating and I've crafted their ceremony, whatever the situation is, you want your guests at the end of those 30 minutes, and a little note there, should never be more than 30 minutes. This is not a Catholic mass. Well, it can be, but I'm not working on your Catholic mass. But you want your guests to walk away thinking, oh my God, that was so them. That was them. And that's that's the goal. And the ceremony, you know, sometimes it's left as an afterthought. Sometimes people don't put enough attention or priority into the ceremony. But think of it this way. It's the start of your marriage. 
it's not just the start of the wedding celebration and we're going to go party and drink and eat and dance and all of that, but it's the start of the rest of your lives. And so let's make that as the, the most meaningful, poignant, memorable ceremony we can. I love that so much. And it, and another piece of what you are saying here without actually saying it um, is that everyone comes away knowing you better, right. knowing something and feeling closer to you because of it. And then you are closer to them. And you have made your relationship with the people that love you outside of just, you know, you as a couple, but right. everyone there love you more and you are closer to them and it, you have a more intimate, open relationship moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the power of a really good ceremony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do wish that, I mean, a lot, a lot of my couples do say the ceremony is the most important thing and that's music to my ears. I love that. When a couple says, you know what, we want a 12 minute ceremony. We just want to get to the party. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Too short. Too short. <laughs> no, you're dripping your guests. Like, seriously, yeah, um, it's nice that you want short and sweet, but your guests love a good ceremony. Let's give them some content here. You know, let's not get this over with so fast. Yeah. I mean, also, you're not getting good. Like, your pictures are, you're going to get not nearly enough in 12 minutes. Right. Um, rushing through it is just like taking that breath between moments. Yes. Those are some of the best photos. Yes. Um, you're jipping yourself there too. So all around, 12 minutes, way too short. Absolutely. Way too short. Yeah. 31 minutes and above, way too Oh, long. no. Not good. <laughs> That's yeah. your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 30 exactly. minutes is usually a good a good time frame for being able to tell the story, being able right. to include all the pieces that you want, and right. giving your officiant enough time to step out of frame for those important moments. Yes. That's, yes. that's a big point, and that makes my life so much easier. I'm sure. I'm sure. Also, stand in front of the microphone for those big moments. <laughs> Why? Did they not? Sometimes that because you're so in your ceremony and and that's lovely and that's great, but sometimes they'll step back behind when they do their vows to like you know get the good audio. But then when you do your first kiss, you don't want that microphone in front of you, so you have right. to remember to step back in front of the microphone so that I am not trying to remove a microphone oh. from a lace dress or oh. a plaid suit. Um, oh. That that is just not possible. Um, there are some. I mean, there are some things that are possible that would take like a year. Wow. <laughs> but still, oh, that's crazy. A microphone taking a photoshopping a microphone off of plaid suit. Just imagine. I, no, I can't. <laughs> I I'll never forget the time. Oh my gosh, I've been asked to Photoshop so many things, um, and my answer is always, "I try to get it right in camera." So yeah. let's make it work in yes. real life. Yes, because I grew up shooting film, and mm -hmm. I shoot like I'm shooting film. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So, question for you. Um. What is your favorite part of the ceremony and vow writing process? 
Well, I would say the vows are my favorite part of a ceremony. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a love letter that you're giving to your future spouse. It's such an important moment. And I, I think it's what the guests love the most are the vows when they're well done, you know, there's not a dry eye in the house and it's just such a magical, wonderful moment. And I, what I love is that it's like so many couples are doing their own vows now. It's just, it's the thing, you know, and it's, and I also, even if I have not helped them, you know, I'm still blown away by so many of, of the couples that, I, you know, that it's just, it is definitely my favorite part of the ceremony. I I agree. And I love that couples in general, I mean, the vows are a great example of where people are doing this, but where they are just like you forging their own paths. Right. And you're instead of having all those have does, like you don't have to have a program. You don't have to send a physical invitation. You don't have to have seating during your ceremony if your rain plan doesn't work out with seating in your ceremony. <laughs> we were just talking about yeah. that before. <laughs> you know, it'll work. It'll be it'll be great. The photos will be fantastic. It'll be a great day for everyone involved. And I love that people are able to write their own vows and share those moments. And it doesn't have to be if, – if a full Catholic mass is the right fit for you, that's lovely. You can still have readings and things during that that are very personalized. And I love that, you know, my my personal favorite weddings are the ones that have their own vows. I always end up like tearing up or laughing during them mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and something else though – the there are the fear of public speaking is very real and i do have i do have couples who say i just i i I can't do this but i want to do my own vows so there are always options for example i'm doing a wedding sunday where the couple are going to say their vows privately to each other uh before the ceremony so it does not have to be in public or they can write a letter to each other so it if you want to write your vows, but you know you cannot possibly stand there without, you know, shaking like a leaf and being terrified, there are other ways of still making this magical moment happen. That's a really good point, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very important point because you're right. The fear of public, or the fear of public speaking, is very much real. Oh yes. And- I've had couples who do their first look and then they read their vows. They yep. even put them in the cute little notebooks yep. and everything. Yep. And um, and it's just – it's still a really beautiful, important moment in your day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's an important moment between the two of you, whether it's in front of other people or whether it's by yourselves. Exactly. Exactly. So it's – you know, the, the fear of public speaking, you know that it is – it's the number one fear – And it's drowning and being in a fire come next. Public speaking is first. It's a massive, very intense fear. And if you have it, it's easy that it is, but yes, it is. It's so true. I mean, I do work through a lot of that with my couples who really want to do it publicly, and we do it. I do get them to a point where you know, with tips and tricks and practicing and this and that, where they are really comfortable and not as scared 
So it is, it is doable. Absolutely. But there's always the, the option of not doing it in public. Yes, I agree. I, you know, and, and also you just said something else very important too, without saying it, which is it's okay to be afraid of public speaking mm-hmm. and decide that it isn't the right fit for you and call an audible and just change. It's like the rain plan. You know, the right. rain plan should be as good as your original plan. You should be as excited about your rain mm. plan as your dry day plan, <laughs> your non-rain plan. Um, and I mean, of course, that is not always the case. Right. But you should be. And that should be the same case here where you – release yourself of guilt that you if you are legitimately afraid of something then you or you just don't want to it's okay to just not want to too yeah absolutely um, but i think the guilt comes more with actually being afraid of doing something so release yourself from that guilt because you do have yes. other options and exactly. you still can try but if you end up feeling like it's not the right fit you're you're going to just not enjoy it the same way call an audible Absolutely. So that's interesting that you say that you should love your plan B just like you love your plan A. Now, I don't know. You know, right now it's flood warning, torrential rains here in New York. (laughs) And I'm supposed to do a wedding in a very beautiful outdoor setting tomorrow, but it doesn't quite look like that. I'm wondering if they're falling in love with plan B right now. I hope so. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. after last weekend, I actually, my uh, stage manager couple that I have okay. coming up, I talked to them this week and, um, and they're doing, a, yeah, he's in the military, so they're doing a sword arch. And we were talking about the location and I said, you know, let's think this through on the location of the sword arch, not only for the, like, plan A uh, or like your non-rain plan, but also for your rain plan. And when we worked through the rain plan, they liked it better than the original plan. So we made that the plan. Oh, wow. Um, so there's this beautiful grand staircase that they're going to come down and um, they have to check because I don't know the rules of the sword arch as well as I mean, I'm just not – I'm not a 1,000% confident. Sure. They have to check that they can all stand on the stairs. So either they will come down the stairs through the arch or they will be lined up at the bottom. Mm-hmm. But in terms of production value, having them on the elevated surface, everyone really gets to see that sword arch in a different way. Right. And it's a grand staircase. It's beautiful. There's wow. plenty of room. It's like a huge staircase. So yeah, it reminded me – having that conversation reminded me, you know, you want to love that rain plan as much as you love that non-rain plan. Right. Um, and whether that be because you have soft lighting where you might be missing golds an hour, but mm-hmm. you have that soft lighting that's really flattering for everyone um, mm-hmm. in, of all ages. So, you know, parents – or, you know, depending on what age the couple is, like it's flattering for everyone to have right. soft lighting. Right. Um, so it, you know, having, even if it is thinking about how you have to shift your expectations and mindset, you should love that rain plan as much as you like. And, and same with your ceremony vows, you know, you should love the plan that you go with if that is saying your vows privately or saying them in front of everybody. But you know, this loving your plan B, I this is really 
good piece of advice. I'm going to use that because I do have couples who are freaking out like, oh my God, it's going to be terrible weather. But I think you're right. You've got to fall in love with plan B. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And I usually will be like, oh, well, the lighting's going to be perfect. We have this and this and this will work. And um, those giant golf white umbrellas are right. really good because you can yeah. both get underneath them. The clear umbrellas I know is not a fit for everybody, but the giant white one is usually mm-hmm. like a good fit for yeah. everybody if you want to go outside. Yeah. Falling in love with plan B can make your day. Yes. Yeah. Because even, I mean, it could be oppressively hot. Who knows? There are, right. there are a lot of things that can happen. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's we can't control all of the things. So true. So, well, so true. Thank you so much for joining me, Tanya. Where can people find The Vow Whisperer online? The website is thevowwhisperer.com and on Instagram, The Vow Whisperer. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. I love it. And of course, we will link out to all of your um, website, social media, and everything in the show notes and the description of this episode. So it'll be easy peasy for you all to find Tanya. Um, and, you know, she's just lo- – obviously, if you're at this point in the episode, you just know she's lovely. So you definitely want to follow her and connect with her. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for that. Of course. Of course. Thank you for joining me on The Wedding Dish today. And while you are finding The Vow Whisperer, you can find us at theweddingdishpodcast.com where we'll have show notes. We'll have some cool pictures that my photographer friend took of, I guess, our mutual photographer friend took of Tanya, which is so fun. Um, That was a funny little Easter egg for us. We didn't know that we both knew Philip. Um, (laughs) And we will share some juicy wedding tips and you'll get to know more about the behind the scenes and all the good stuff. And you can find us on social media at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And until next week, have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Cheers.